minister, the anointing that's in his life, the gift that's in his life that has been feeding us for years and years and years and years. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. So we welcome Hallelujah. Grace our power. pastor. And the children can be dismissed. And adults, thank just you. the adults that are going back there into children's, that's it. We're asking everybody to stay in the room. Amen. Thank you. I want every husband to turn to your wife and say, baby, you look beautiful today. <laughs> baby, you look beautiful today. Hallelujah. Thank you. you can be seated. Hallelujah. Thanks, honey. You're welcome. Shoo, Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 10, if you would, please. Um, I marvel. When I, I wanted my, the theme or even the title for today's message is Living the Resurrected Life. And it, it truly is what God has designed and provided for you and I to live in a resurrected life mindset, a resurrected greater than that, and first and foremost, a resurrected life Revelation. I usually use the New King James. Thank you there, uh, sound department, <laughs> audio, visual. <laughs> Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10. Thank you. That's very good. I had, uh, I had a great revelation when I was an apprentice uh, in the apprenticeship as well of pipe fitting, 1970. And you have to understand, we were 60s guys in the apprenticeship. And um, the teacher dared to ask a class of 15 apprentices, gentlemen, that was by faith. He said, gentlemen, <laughs> what is the defini definition of knowledge? Well, you should have heard that room full of explanations to the, to the instructor. And there was a bunch in... Quite honestly, at that point in my life, I was kind of cocky. I know it's hard for you to imagine, but I was kind of cocky. And, but, you know, at 20 years old, young snot nose, knew everything, had a couple kids, so I'm big. I'm big deal, you know. He got to me, and he said, Mr. Shannon, what's uh, knowledge? I said, knowledge is knowing. <laughs> cocky, <laughs> you know. And after he got done all this stuff, I, you know, it's just, I'm just telling the truth. That guy died, so I'm glad he's gone. But anyway, uh, he finally came to this conclusion. He said, knowledge is not necessarily knowing the answer. But knowledge is knowing where to find it. I never forgot that. It stuck with me. It was like God, even B.C., before Christ, God sealed that in my spirit as a, something to, as a reference point in my life. That knowledge is absolutely essential to everything in our life. Uh, I've commented on this in times past, but it's really true. When we were coming through high school and all that, at the, that time in the 60s, you needed to get a high school diploma in order to have a hope in the future, whether it be by trade or even, you know, hopefully going into a community college or a college, whatever else. But college wasn't a... It, it was important, but trades were very important in that season of time. And uh, knowledge, uh, we, we were under a mindset that if you had a high school education, that was good enough. A lot of folks just had that. Just get the sheepskin, you know, get the diploma, and you're good. Good to go and go into life. And it seemed, I have, now my personal experience was that that was adequate and knowledge for intelligence and all that other stuff. And, of course, I was in the musician arena at that time. And I was a rock and roll wannabe. <laughs> Slash degenerate and degenerating. Without Christ, you degenerate. Regardless of how intelligent or moral you are, without Christ, sin's venom takes a person and debilitates them, degrades them, demoralizes them, devalues them. That's what sin does. Amen? I remember, when, listen, you know, it's just the truth. And look at me, or just let me read this to you. 
I know we're going to Acts chapter 10. But in the Proverbs, there's something that's so important. My mindset was that it wasn't that important to go to college. It wasn't that important. Now they say that uh, a bachelor's degree isn't even enough for, to get to places of success and prominence where you're going to be able to care for a family, to be a sole provider in a household. Where the, Remember that ancient species called a housewife? Ancient species. Housewife. Well, what do they do? They just get the kids off to school, give them breakfast, get them clothed, and then watch soap operas. That was the thought. That's not the, that's not the case. I loved that thing when I finally saw it, and I saw this list of what a woman, a housewife, wife, mother does in the home. All the different things she does, all the different chores that she does was worth, back then in the 70s, her worth was about $100,000 if you had somebody else coming in and doing the work she did. Come on, girls. Come on, pastor, preach it. Glory to God. Not to mention the working moms. Amen? Well, anyway. Knowledge is absolutely essential to you and I. First and foremost, what is the, I want to ask you a question. What is the most important part of your being that needs to be educated continually? It's your spirit. Your spirit. Amen? Amen. Now look, at. uh, uh, we're going to get to Acts 10 in a minute, but in Proverbs 24. Paul goes into something and prays and something. We'll get to Acts chapter 10 in a minute. Paul gets into something in Ephesians chapter 1, and he talks about prayer and praying for the church. But connecting it, you have to understand that there's a thread from Genesis to Revelation, and they call it a brethren, a teacher in the body of Christ, Richard Booker did a book many years ago on the scarlet thread, and he showed how there was a redemptive line from Genesis to Revelation. Every book in the Bible has Christ in there or has redemptive plan of some, in some way, shape, or form. That's why the canon of Scripture is in there. It had the criterion of the 70 scholars. It had to have redemption work in it and revelation in those books to be included in canon of Scripture. In Proverbs 24, verse 3, it says, Through wisdom a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled. You can put that up, Josh, if you would, please. Proverbs 24, verse 3. Say wisdom. Now, you know, in Proverbs, it says wisdom is the principal thing. Tell your neighbor, wisdom is the principal thing. Now, yeah, give them some advice. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now say, wisdom is the principal thing for you. Wisdom is the principal thing for you, and wisdom is the principal thing for me. Through wisdom, a house is built. Work with me, Josh. And by understanding, it is established. Next verse. Nope. That's back to Acts 10. Through wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. Verse 4 of that. Let's say it together. Yeah, put that up. Everybody. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. How many rooms are in your spirit? A room for every truth that's revealed in the Word of God. Every truth in Scripture has a room in our spirit that needs to be filled. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Many of us, you know, our rooms, there's a lot of vacancy in our spirit. And it's not that you can, you can absolutely, uh, you know, it's, it's just a fact. In the teaching gifts of the fivefold ministry, some are prone to, you know, to focus in on, let's say, prosperity. Another person on healing. Another person on, uh, you know, righteousness. Another one on being filled with the Holy Ghost and Another one, you know, working miracles or whatever else. There could be specific t- 
teachings or topics that they specifically are anointed on and preaching and bringing to the body. Amen? That doesn't mean that's the only subject, but there can be high. You let Charles Capps, those of you who don't know, he's home with the Lord now. He was in the Word of Faith, one of the Word of Faith ministries, and his favorite thing was teaching on faith. It didn't matter what book he wrote. And he wrote a lot of different books, but the integrity of the Word, the importance of faith. Amen. And no matter what book you read of by Charles Capps, you were going to get his foundational primary teaching influence on it. Amen. There was just like that scarlet thread from Genesis to Revelation about the blood of Jesus and redemption. In every one of Charles' books, there was something about faith in the Word coming in as seed. Because he was a farmer too. I mean, the guy understood it. Amen. So knowledge is absolutely essential to every one of us. Knowledge, let me say, beans were at Easter. Beans were talking about the resurrected one and the resurrected life. Amen. Say the resurrected life. Say, I, I purpose to live from this day forward in the revelation of a resurrected life. Hallelujah. By faith you said it. Amen. I believe you. Glory to God. Now look at verse, uh, yeah. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And that's the treasure of the word of God. Verse 5. A wise man is strong. Go, yeah, let's, let's read this together. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. Wow, this is huge. This verse right here could bring you into a new level of freedom. If you take it, believe it, and apply it. Amen? Hallelujah. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying what the Word says. A wise man is strong. A man of knowledge increases strength. Hallelujah. That's why he said to Joshua, meditate on my word day and night. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Amen? Day and night. Well, it's not just a meditation, but it's becoming a disciple of Jesus. Listen, you could be saved 40 years and yet not entered into a real disciplined lifestyle of loving him, of studying the Scripture. Hallelujah. Of knowing the scripture. And I want to say this. Of being the scripture. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I'll say this. Uh, and not as an indictment. Because our schedules are so busy anymore. But if you don't learn to prioritize things that are important to God. I want to say this to you. I'll ask you a question. Do you think that things that are important to God should be important to us? I mean, that's a pretty fair question, isn't it? So if it's important to God, we need to really appraise it. We need to prioritize it. Like, oh, you know what? I need to concede my control and give myself to his control. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And that was, Carol began something on the four spiritual laws and teaching on it. And in there, it, there's a pictorial references. And the one shows uh, a throne with self on it. And the cross is down off the side. But what God wants to do is he wants to be on the throne of our life and self along the side, serving the Lord. Amen? Amen? Let's go to, Josh, keep that verse up there, bud. A wise man is strong. Now, go to verse 6. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. God didn't create any of us to be independent. God's plan for everyone in this room, is to be an interdependent cell. Interdependent. Not co-dependent. 
interdependent, nourishing one another. Keep the verse up there, bud. Leave it up there. Go to verse 7, please. So, if, all right, come back to verse 6 a minute. You know, Pastor Carol was addressing things by the Holy Ghost today about our family situations, things like that. And a multitude of counselors, there's safety. The Bible says, humble yourself. If you need help, humble yourself. Ask. Sometimes people think, oh, well, the pastors are, you know, the pastors say they're so busy and everything else. Give us the option to say, can we talk later? Are you with me? Don't ever think we're too busy because there's somebody in the body here. Amen. Amen. The beauty about it is if a man of knowledge increases strength, as all of you are growing in the Lord, that we are able to bless one another. It's not always going to the leaders. We're supposed to be able to nourish each cell. Each cell nourishing the other cell. Amen? Hallelujah. But in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. Proverbs 18.1 says, A person who isolates himself seeks his own desire and wages against all wise judgment. So, what's the point? Do not separate yourself from the body. Connect. Stay connected to the body. Stay connected. I want to say this. With connection comes responsibility. With connection comes authority. With connection comes uh, the, the law of giving and receiving. Giving advice. Giving counsel. Giving prayer. Agreeing. Put in Proverbs 18. That's all part of the resurrected lifestyle. Putting the word to work. Amen. Look, go to the next verse, Josh. Okay, let's read it together. Wisdom is too lofty for a fool. He does not open his mouth in the gate. Why? A lack of knowledge. A lack of leading, being led by the Holy Ghost. Next verse. He who plots to do evil, everybody, he who plots to do evil will be called a schemer. Hmm. It's good. Good light. First, next verse. Say it together. The devising of foolishness is sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to man. Good light. Keep coming. Next verse. This is the key. If Read it together. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. How many rooms are in your spirit? A room for every truth in the Bible. Now, the beautiful thing about the word is that the word is like a banquet table. You can sit on one truth, and all of a sudden, there's parts of that truth that you're ingesting and taking into your spirit that actually starts having an overflow into other rooms in your spirit, and you're not even aware of it. Then all of a sudden, you have a need, you know, or you have something God wants you to do. I want to say always a need. You know, we need to do what God wants us to do. It's not about, oh, I'm always, I'm a victim. I have all these needs. No, I have more than enough for every good work. Amen. I have more than enough for every good work. Well, shall die, not El Chipo. Amen. Hallelujah. I have more than enough. But look at this verse. If you faint in the day of adversity, and I want to tell you something. I'm going to be brutally honest with you. When I am weak or feel weak, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm there, but I can't grab it. Anybody ever been there? You feel like the promise is there, but yet I'm stretched and I can't touch it. I can say it, but I... When I am weak, he is... If I believe it. Now, I can, I can be a victim in my weakness and just say, it'll never be mine. Uh-oh. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Uh-oh. There's a room in my spirit. Uh-oh. 
and the Spirit of God dwells there, uh-oh, and he's beginning to bring it to my memory, which Jesus said he would. Wait a Lean not on your understanding, but in all your ways, trust in him. Come on. Lean not unto your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him. Amen? And what will do? What will do? Yeah, I got to go back there because right now I'm, I got a lot of different things here going. But I want to, yeah, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in, in all your ways. Yeah, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. All right, there you go. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So what is, what's, how'd you get over here? The challenge that we have, and we have to have a resolve about, guys, is it's a resolve. Say resolve. resolve. I'm going to live a resurrected life from this day forward. I have believed for it in times past, but I haven't actually had that experience on a daily basis. God wants you and I to have a resurrected mindset, a resurrected revelation, that every day you and I are walking in the newness of life. Every day we're walking in the presence of God, walking in the power of God, walking in fellowship with him, walking in a tangible reality experience with him, whether you're, no matter where we're at, on the job, in the car, Amen. No matter what our job is, that the power, listen, you, you and I have to realize his light in us, we're beacons. We're cities on a hill. We're lighthouses. Everywhere you walk, light is his light. Everywhere you, every word you speak has the ability to bring forth his light in his life. Creative. Hallelujah. You know, you can walk into work and say, man, you know, it could be real dismal and people look all bummed out and everything else. And you could say, hey, at 35,000, it's blue sky and sunshine. Yeah. Right. Amen. Just bring in the truth. Amen. At 35,000, it don't matter how bad it is down here. Or you may have to go up to 40 sometimes if there's a real nasty thunderhead. But you get up there and it's blue sky and sunshine if it's daytime. It can be so dark on this planet, but oh, just above them clouds is glorious. Hallelujah. Light beams and clouds, and you're looking down at the clouds. Hallelujah. You can change the environment just through joy and positive words. Glory to God. Amen. Speaking the truth in love. So, Josh, write that scripture down. There you go. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Why? Because of verse 5. Go back to verse 5. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. Uh, What God wants you and I to do is to see today in a fresh way, fresh manner, the importance, the absolute importance of studying the word of God. On a daily basis. Listen. If you would attend to your spirit the way you attend to your body, you will absolutely be a woman of strength, a man of strength, and you'll be able to walk through any situation and circumstance. Hallelujah. How much time do you spend eating? Well, a lot of us, we do just fast food. My God, we look like, we, you know, horses at least had those, even those things they put on the... You know, they, they just put them on there and they just eat. That's what most people do anymore. They just rush in the food and rush out of it. Hallelujah. Whatever happened to the family meal with no phones and no texting? No. Dear God, no TV. Just looking at each other. People, just do it. Try it. Yeah, do it today. Let's turn all the... Except the Ten Commandments is on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Moses. You have to watch Ten Commandments at Easter. You know. I know it was on last night. Bless God and his tape so I can watch it as often as I want. <laughs> Thank God for electronics, but I'm not going to serve them. They're going to serve me. 
Well, let's go to Acts 10, shall we? So, how many want to be a person of strength? Then decide you're going to have knowledge every day. You're going to be in that word, bless God. You're going to get in it. Nothing else. Don't eat physical food till you eat spiritual food. I just try. I'm, I mean, I would, ju- I would just tell you straight out. I'd demand it of you if I had that re- authority. But I do absolutely adjure you. <laughs> try it. It took me a while to get it down. It did. But I'll tell you this. 90%, 99% of my life from this day, from, for now, a long time. I don't eat natural food till I've eaten spiritual food. Boom. Done. Now, can it be, and I'll be honest, sometimes it feels like, all right. I'll do the Proverbs of the day, and I have a routine. I'm a routine guy, and I do it. But you know what? I can do that and not get squat out of it. Or I can say, God, Father, thank you for your word. I get myself attentive. I begin to, uh, to release the knowledge of the, of, of the truth of Scripture. So shall your word be that comes out of your mouth. It shall not return to you void, but accomplish the things to which you have sent it. Hallelujah. As I get in the word, I thank you that, Lord, I'm feasting on your word. Your word's bringing life. Your word's full of life. It's going to absolutely set me up for the day. It's going to give me the strength I need to live and move in you today. Glory to God. Holy Spirit, I believe, I fully believe that I will be empowered by you and guided by you in every conversation and every action in Jesus' name. That's pretty good. But that's a good way to wake up, amen? Then you get in that word, and it's like, and you know what? Your belly's going to start, and it all, oh, your body talks. Hunger is one of the strongest motivations on the earth. Let it be your spiritual hunger first. Let it be our spiritual hunger. In him we live and move. I will not eat physical food till I eat natural. I'll tell you what, it'll get you in the word. Even if it feels legalistic and mechanical at first. Uh-huh. No snacks. Nope. No food till you eat and feed your spirit. Watch out. It's a good motivation. That's up to you. But I would encourage you. It, it'll sure make sure you get in the word. All right, now let's go to Acts 10 real quick. Hallelujah. I do have my coffee with it, but some people say coffee's food. I don't get that. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. One of the greatest sermons concerning is Peter coming out of the stable gate out after the upper room. Hallelujah. And he, uh, of course, that that was amazing in Acts chapter 2. But in Acts 10, he has the series of sequence. I want to tell you, divine encounters of the close kind. Peter is on top of a rooftop, spending time worshiping God, and he falls into a trance, and this sheet, he has this vision. A sheet comes down with all these unclean animals that Jews were forbidden to eat, and God says to him, take and eat. He says, no, Lord, may it never be, not me. He said, what I call clean, let no man call unclean, and he was setting them up to get across to him that the gospel was not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles. And it's so cool when you read about Cornelius, this centurion, centurion, Roman centurion, who loved God, the Bible says, and loved to give alms to the poor. He wanted to please God, but yet he wasn't saved. Amen? Then Peter comes. And he, uh, in verse 34 of Acts chapter 10, Peter opens his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. I for, uh, God forbid prejudice and bias and bigotry. God help us. That's not to be named amongst the beloved. I perceive male or female. A woman is not a second-class citizen. She is co-equal. Come on, boys, well, one girl. Come on, girls. Yeah. <laughs> girls, please, give me a, are you co-equal? 
or you want to be subservient? And the men. Anyway. The men should be saying amen. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I get it, babe. Okay, I'm on a different page here. Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation. Whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Now, he's saying this because he's from a different nation, Cornelius is, and his family and his household. Wow! Peter's saying, wow! I know Jesus said it, but I, I had to have this vision for him to get it over to me, to help me get it. Amen? Because we know that Peter falls into trouble a little bit down the road in the epistles. And Paul comes and rebukes him because he begins to show favoritism again to the Jewish folk instead of the Gentiles' believers. Amen? So here comes Paul, who was superior in knowledge of the law. As a Pharisee, he comes to him and rebukes him publicly. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Say publicly. publicly. Yeah. I'm sure that that really humbled Peter too. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Hallelujah. Say it with me. He is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee Galilee, after the baptism which John preached. Put verse 38 of Acts chapter 10 up, Josh. Let's read it together. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, I'll leave that verse there. John chapter 2, verses 20 and 27 say, But you, church of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have an anointing. Uh, yeah, First John, didn't I say that? All right, First John. Thank you. 2, 27, 20 and 27. Amen? You have an anointing. For what purpose? To be this witness. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Albert of Voorhees. How God anointed William of Medford. And God anointed the Adairs of Runnymede. And the Harris and, and Smiths of Florence. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And etc. 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 All of you guys. How God anointed you with power. Say, I am anointed with Holy Ghost power. I am chosen of God. Give me a high five, somebody. To do what? To live in this resurrected way. Going about doing good. <laughs> Healing. Oh, who are oppressed of the devil. For God is with you. He's not only with you. He in you. Give it, please. This is fun. Resurrection lifestyle. Going about doing good. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Yes. So if somebody walked past Jesus and needed healing, but if they weren't oppressed by the devil, he didn't heal them. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh-huh. People who are not feeling good, who are being oppressed by the devil... Need healing. Amen. The church has been sick too long. The church has been sick emotionally, physically, 
materially, mentally, and I say materially. Yes, absolutely. Too long it means they have been oppressed by the devil. And I and thought, part and of the ta- oppression, let's stick here a minute. Part because of the oppression is, of the devil the is to keep knowledge out of your soul. Exactly, because you don't feel like getting in the word. And you lose your strength, and when that time comes, you're weak because you don't have the strength to stand up. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I've always taught this, that when I pray for the sick, I bind the devil. Absolutely. I've always bound the devil because the root of it is spiritual darkness that is oppressing that person. Well, glory. Hey, did you hear what was just communicated? So the next time you're ministering to somebody that's sick, say, devil, in the name of Jesus, I command your assignment against this person to cancel. To be annulled by the power of Jesus' name. Thank you for your healing virtue flowing into this individual right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Because. Say, say because. I have anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And I am an ambassador of doing good. Healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Say resurrected lifestyle. lifestyle. Hallelujah. Verse 39 now, Joshi. Let's read it together, guys. This is fun. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Oh, no. But verse 40. Read it out loud. Him. God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. He's alive. Hallelujah. Amen. Not to, go ahead. Let next verse, buddy. Not to, read it together, church. Read it out loud. Not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God. Even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. Next verse. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Keep going. To him. Come on. All the prophets witness. You're all preachers. Preach it out. Again. Go back to that verse. I want you to, in unison, come on, give me some gusto. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. You got a message, hallelujah. I want to say something to you, church. You are, you not only have a message, you are his message. A voicemail system has a message. Voicemail is a message of someone's voice. You and I are living witnesses, living messages of the Lord God's reality. Because we've been raised from the dead. See, it's already happened. You have been raised from the dead, bless God. Oh man, when you go under the water, I can't wait. I'm getting a pool. If there's nobody else, just you. Bless God. Amen. If I could fit in that kitchen sink, you're going in it. Hallelujah. This guy is itching to get baptized in water. Hell, anybody in here, anybody else need to be baptized in water? Hands up. Well, yeah, glory to God. Do you, Dennis? Oh, my Lord. We're going to have us a Holy Ghost baptism. Who else? Let's just do it. Amen. Glory to God. Ryan, stick a heater in your pool. We're coming to your house. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
Amen. Amen. What verse were we at? Where? Last verse, Joshy. For they heard them speak with, oh my, no, 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 no. All right, let's go here. Read it together, guys. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Let's read it together. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit has all been poured out on the Gentiles also. Next verse. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Well, Peter goes on, but I want to, you can stop there, Joshi. A great declaration of faith is this, guys. Jesus died that I might live. I invite you to repeat it. Jesus died that I might live. Now, you think about this before you say it. That I might die so he can live. Jesus died that I might live in a resurrected lifestyle. That I might die to my own desires and things, lusts of, the, of, of life. That I might die to my selfish motivations so he can live. Amen. He died that I might live. That I might die that so he can live. Does that make sense to you? Y'all here? It helps me. That helps me course out my life on a daily basis. When I mention that and I mutter that as a, as a mantra, Jesus died. Jesus, you died that I might live. I've been bought with a price. How often do you even use those, that vernacular and confess the word? I have been bought with a price. I am not my own. I have been purchased, ransomed. Say ransom. Ransomed. That's what the word says. That means somebody very evil had me as a prisoner. Someone very evil had you as a prisoner. And Father said, I love you. I will have my son come and be the ransom for your redemption. Yeah, praise God is right. You and I have a race to run. Let's get ready to wrap, wrap this up for today. The race is a similar journey to the path of our master. Disciples of Jesus are called to walk in a resurrection lifestyle. Amen? That is a daily experience of triumphing and overcoming in every situation and circumstance. Repeat that with me. A resurrection lifestyle is a daily experience of triumphing and overcoming every situation and circumstance in him. Hebrews 12.1. I put this course out before you today by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight, church. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What race? To glorify his name every day. To live today like he's coming today. Even though we prepare for a hundred years. Come on. You with me?
And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. Next verse, bud. Verse 2. Read this together. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, Paul reads it this way to the church. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way, church, that you may obtain the prize. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. I think we I think we don't think enough of the resurrection and our future. I think they're so preoccupied. And I want to just, just this is real. There are so many problems that want our attention. Sometimes a lot of them aren't even personal. They're extensions. They're, I mean, they're family problems. They affect us directly. Friends, neighbors, work associates. There's problems everywhere. But if we determine to be men and women of strength, where's the strength come from? Knowledge. Knowledge of the word. I want to say that. And knowledge skilled in the knowledge of the word and the voice of the Holy Ghost. God wants you and I. All right. This is happy resurrection day. He wants you and I to be able to believe Psalm 91 and Psalm 23 to be such a reality that in this insane world that we live, if a wrong button got pushed, we would have the faith that though a thousand fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, it shall not touch me. Biological warfare, it shall not touch me. You know, in this movie that was out, Mungo Close, uh, Hacksaw Ridge, it was a seventh-day Adventist man. It's a true story. Seventh-day Adventist man who had the conviction. He was considered to be a conscientious objector because he wouldn't pick up a weapon and train how to kill people. He believed the scripture said, thou shalt not kill. But he wanted to serve his country. And they tried to do everything to get him out of it with a dishonorable discharge and anything. He said, look, you, you, why did you sign up? And he said, because men in my community committed suicide because they couldn't even be drafted. They had physical maladies. And because they so wanted to serve our country and the cause of freedom, they ended up committing suicide. He said, and he said, gentlemen, I want to serve my country, and I'll serve as a medic. While you're taking lives, I'll be saving them. While you're taking lives, I'll be saving them. We are soldiers for Christ. While the devil and his cohorts are trying to take people's lives, you and I are in the earth as wheat to save them. This time next year, 
if there wasn't another person in this place that was actually a connected member here in obedience to the Lord, this place better be doubled. I know. It should happen within a couple of few months, shouldn't it? By the end of the summer, this place should be doubled. Why? Because you are fruit-bearing sons of God and daughters of God. Amen. You're going to get so... I pray, stand to your feet if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am asking you, Lord, and we are asking you. I ask you to join me in faith. Father that you would give us an, an insatiable appetite for the, for the conde, for the redemptive power of our God winning souls through us. That, Lord, we would be those disciplined disciples. That, Father, we would learn to live and with Holy Spirit, with your help, to believe for and live out a resurrected lifestyle to minister to all those around us in our neighborhoods, that we would minister to those in the marketplace and in the workplace, that we would have a faith and an expectancy. Holy Spirit, I pray that there would be an awakening in each one of us, that it's not about numbers, it's about lives. People matter. All people matter. And God, that we would reach out and stop being so self-centered that God, we would be that people of men and women of knowledge pursuing the kingdom of God and establishing it everywhere we go in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you for souls in advance, for fresh salvation, baptisms in the spirit, baptisms in water. Thank you for raising up an army, God, that we would see it here as well throughout the body of Christ. God, begin to fill the pulpits with your fire, with truth. Lord, raise up your leaders and congregations. Raise up your leaders and empower your people to be a people of faith, a people of action. In the name of Jesus Christ, we vow to give you glory and honor, doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. I thank you that this house is commissioned to go about in the power of the Holy Ghost and power, filled with the Holy Ghost and power, doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give Jesus praise, would you?